educational device. It is, it is in fact a direct reflection of your, your own imagination, your own intelligence. And once you are given the freedom in which to create things and to see the, re the immediate response on the screen, then, uh, then you become, then it becomes a very enjoyable experience. Uh, you go on to, to involve yourself in many other things. seems to be a very, uh, a very fantastic and uh, hypnotic field. Uh, once you start, you just can't stop. It, it's, it's something you can't explain. To the question of, uh, you know, what, what is all this microcomputer and computer business going to do to our society? The case is that we are humans and we are much more adaptable to, to our environment than the computer is to its own. If you look at society as simply the collective contribution of millions of human beings who carry in themselves certain power and influence and emotion, and every time you, you turn the switch off of one of those persons, you've dampened the glow. It's the fundamental question of whether this society is going to find a way to make itself as, in, as rich and as powerful, and if you will, as beautiful as potentially it can be. Like adventures, you gotta be people, and all this. It's sort of like an adventure, a big adventure. It's fun. Good evening. It's 8 o'clock. It's September 30th, 2018. This is, uh, well, we know what it is. Let's go. Good evening. Good evening from Chicago. It is uh, indeed September the 30th. It's officially the end of the summer. We've made it. You've made it. We've all made it. This is show number 75. And the last show that we did was September the 3rd. So uh, as you can see, uh, we are getting on a, um, a more... Uh, tightened schedule and uh hanging out tonight with crash and angelique <laughs> while they do their scientifical pontifical things and i sit here and rant uh the jaguars won today i know a lot of people don't you know a lot of hackers aren't really into football but I support the home team when I can. And the Jaguars, you know, the Jaguars are really uh, running strong. I can't believe it. It is the 75th show. You know, I was thinking about having like some diamonds and shit floating around and all of that. But I just figured out, well, we'll just keep plugging along. Uh, as usual, uh, you know, the show is free. It's free to you. Hopefully you're not paying for this show. If you are, we'd like to hear about it. No, we won't. We don't. If you're paying for it, that's your own fault. You should go to hackers.xxx. Anyhow, it's the 75th show. I am your host, Gummo. And as I said, I'm uh, joined uh, in, the, uh, in the spot tonight with Crash and Angelique. <laughs> and uh, we're just hanging out. And uh, I thought I'd drop in and uh, drop a little stuff on the podcast tonight. Um, been a while sorry about that you know i was trying to get back two weeks afterwards but uh you know that's just how it goes i guess life 
How about you? How is your life going? Are things going well for you? Hopefully it is, and hopefully you had a wonderful summer. You know, usually at the end of the summer, I try to um, talk about all the cool things that I did and all the cool places that I went. But this summer was basically, not basically, but was absolutely a uh, summer of rest and healing and coming back down to earth and getting to know some people in my life. And feeling good about it, feeling good, uh, feeling, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, so, uh, you know, one of the things, and I've got a lot of things to talk about tonight uh, because a lot of things have been happening in the past few weeks. And so I'll try to run through them as quickly as possible because, you know, as usual, I only have a limited amount of time to kind of hang out and talk about this kind of stuff. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to actually uh, meet a young man who was interested in the uh, IT security, um, you know, ISEC, TSEC thing. And that was really good. Uh, very bright, young, intelligent young man here in Chicago. We, uh, you know, I invited him down uh, to HQ for lunch. And uh, he, he came down and uh, I was, I was, uh, very humbled to meet uh, such a bright young man, and uh, good and good luck to him. Uh, he's just starting his career in infosec, and I think he's got a uh, a very bright future ahead of him. And uh, yeah, it was really really refreshing. And, you know, I, I really enjoy uh, sharing you know the you know the little bit of knowledge that I have. It always makes me feel better. And, uh, you know, with that, with all of that said, you know, it's just, you know, when, when I say I've been busy, it's, it, I've literally been, uh, rather busy. Um, I was, you know, so I'm, I'm in the process of, uh, finalizing a, a build of, uh, of an IDS and, and what is an IDS? A lot of people, uh, you know, you see a lot of, uh, keywords and, fundamentals and all of that stuff um you know throw it around uh, in the world of it sec but um an intrusion detection system is a device or software application that monitors a network or systems for malicious activity or policy violations any malicious activity or violation is typically reported either to an administrator or a collected central authority using a security a secure information and event management system uh, and, uh, you know, the, the system that I have uh, been uh, fortunate uh, enough to be working with uh, has all of those um, layers built into it. Uh, ID, uh, you know, of course, ID ty IDS types, of course, range in scope from uh, single computers to large networks. And the most common classifications are network intrusion detection systems and host-based intrusion detection systems. So one is called NIDS, N-I-D-S, and the next one, and the other one is called HIDS, H-I-D-S. And again, uh, NIDS stands for Network Intrusion Detection System, and HIDS stands for Host-Based Intrusion Detection System. And again, uh, a HIDS is a system that monitors important operating system uh, files. Uh, and basically, it makes uh, it makes uh, any assumptions that uh, you know out of a cycle of regular usage. Um, if the computer is doing something suspicious, uh, a HIDS will actually um, report that uh, based on uh, a lot of variants, including signature-based detection systems, uh, algorithms nowadays. Uh, and um, you know machine-based learning technologies and so it's been really refreshing actually um, I took an old uh, IBM blade server H or actually an eight this was uh, an a uh, dual dual Xeon uh, has two Xeons with 16 cores in it 64 megabytes of memory or 64 gigabytes rather of memory uh, has a terabyte of storage and uh, and I installed a, uh, the, some software on it called um, Security Onion. And uh, Security Onion is basically um, 
it, it, it's part of an extended IDS. And um, it's really, it's open source. It's really super cool. Uh, there are a lot of, um, you know, interesting features and modules and actual rules and settings and stuff that you can actually uh, engage within the Security Onion uh, ecosystem. And, um, you know, and as I said, uh, installing, putting, putting Security Onion on this really cool older piece of hardware uh, and then attaching it to a network, along with sensors, of course, uh, will... Uh, not only enhance your uh, notification of anything that's going amiss on your network, uh, but you, you can also um, identify machines that are connected to, uh, you know, connected for certain periods of time uh, that just don't seem right. And, uh, y and you know, the, the rule sets are, are endless. Uh, and since it's open source, there's plenty of documentation uh, and data types uh, that you could add to it. And uh, what's interesting about the Security Onion IDS as well is that, uh, it, and again, it's open. I did mention it's open source, but uh, what's really cool about it is there's training and uh, formal training with the operating system and its implementation into your network and how to secure it. Uh, and secure, so Security Onion, of course, is a free and open source Linux distribution for intrusion detection, uh, enterprise security uh, monitoring, and log management. It, it, it includes the Elasticsearch, Logstash, Kibana, Snort, Securita, Bro, OSEC, Squill, Squirt, Network Miner, and many other security tools. The easy to use setup wizard allows you to build an army of distributed sensors for your enterprise in minutes and it's really super cool and it's it's a really uh, excellent way to uh, not only protect a network uh, from intrusions and uh, breaches it's also a good way for you to uh, sharpen your your sword when it comes to uh, information technology uh, security uh, you can find out more about security onion and what it's all about if you just uh, mosey over to um, https securityonion.net and you you will uh you will discover a, an entire uh community uh that uh has rallied around this operating system uh and supports it uh with almost i believe daily builds if not um you know most uh, modern builds there's screenshots downloads documentations uh they even have a conference um and uh, they they are even on twitter Whew. Uh, but nevertheless, it's really uh, it's really a great uh, way to start um, engaging yourself in that particular area of um, information technology and security. Uh, check them out on Twitter at uh, they are at Security Onion on Twitter. They have a blog and all of that. And a buddy of mine who is also um, an information technology security researcher kind of guy. Uh, and we're saying, Hey, did, Hey, did, what's going on, John? Uh, John told me about, um, he told me that, uh, Cisco actually uses security onion as a template for its, uh, it sec training. Now the particular modules I'm not too, uh, you know, aware of. So you'd have to do a little digging and find out, uh, how that works on your own, but it's really, really super cool. Uh, you know, it does re it does require a, um, so what, what I did before I installed it on the actual hardware was, uh, I tested it in a VM and, uh, one one of the things that I noticed was that um, this you know it, you know to me anything over a gigabyte is a lot of memory. But now uh, also what I heard is your average PC from Walmart comes with sixteen gigabytes of memory. So nevertheless, this operating system uh, particularly uh, requires at least eight gigabytes of uh, RAM. And so when I wrapped it up into 64 gigabytes of RAM with this, the older hardware blade server that I've uh, got set up, it's, uh, it's humming along nicely. And it's, a, it's an HP ProLiant blade server, uh, if you just want to know that. If you want to know the specs, uh, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, and I, I would, you know, I've got photos and all of that stuff as well. Uh, and, you know, you having an IDS or... Um, 
uh, you know, a DLP system, digital loss prevention system. Uh, these are all tools that you need um, to facilitate yourself with uh, in your advancement and understanding how to protect networks and infrastructure and uh and industrial control systems such as um you know industrial control systems you know those little things that control things uh and those those are those are quite um those are those are quite important uh to understand and protect and we'll actually talk a little bit more about ics systems uh as the show uh, progresses uh, and uh, so uh, you can ta- attack on to creating your own IDS um, is that you can add sensors to the actual IDS and um, it doesn't have to go on a blade server. You can you can build a, a PC, install the operating system, connect it to your LAN and you are basically up and running uh, with some adjustments and settings and you know understand how it works and the rule sets and don't be afraid to uh, visit their website and their developer community there you know uh, th- there's a there's a large community behind a uh, you know security onion uh, and one of, and again that's just a tool that or uh, you know that you use to measure what's going on or to ident- you know certainly identify what's going on and uh, there's another there's another uh, little uh, nifty device and I, I spoke about it earlier in the year actually in March or April and it's called a canary uh, you can go to https dot uh, https uh, canary dot tools, and you can uh, you can acquaint yourself with this as well. Um, and basically, uh, the canaries are really cool little devices. Um, they connect to your network, and then uh, once you once you connect them to your network your canaries basically run in the background and they wait for an intruder within your network and you can set the canary to identify to the network as as any number one of services you know uh, ftp you know you could create fake files on the canary you know that says uh, you know documents or banking notes and and those are those are juicy uh those are juicy pieces of meat you know pieces of meat that a hacker looks for or an intruder looks for rather uh apologize uh and and those are the things that you want to set up on your uh, network to see who's actually looking at these things right and so again you can find those uh tools they're really handy they're called uh canaries and you could go to canary.tools now the, the from my understanding the canaries are a little bit expensive but if you have an enterprise system or something like that um I think it's well worth it if you get behind that. So there you have it. There's an intrusion detection system uh, and how to build one and how to do it and uh, where to go. And uh, it's all free and it's all there for you to enhance your uh, information technology, security, hacker, um, you know, thirst. Uh just the other day, uh, I was informed uh, that uh, Facebook has been up to a, a number of things, uh, and I think I've, I've mentioned it quite a few times on the show uh, here that uh, you really should not use a Facebook account. And I know there's a lot of people that say, well, I use it to stay in touch with my grandma or my aunt or my mom and dad. And, you know, to, uh, be, you know, to be quite uh, forthcoming, I have one and I do the same. Uh, and literally, I don't put anything up there besides uh, funny pictures, uh, you know, profile pictures for my uh, family to see. Uh, but I've, I've gone through the uh, security settings. I, I've looked through things. Uh, I, I've tried to make things as private as possible. But uh, recent reports that are coming out uh, are showing that that's not even safe when it comes to using Facebook as a service because... Uh, it's been reported uh, through the EFF's website. Uh, if you're not familiar with the EFF, you can go to their website at EFF.org. And uh, there, and there's a number of EFF uh, things that I'm going to be quoting this evening. And actually, one of them is, uh, two of them actually uh, re- pertains to Facebook. And 
One of the things that's interesting is, and is the report coming from the EFFs uh, saying that uh, if you added a phone number that you gave to Facebook uh, for two-factor authentication, uh, it seems that Facebook was actually uh, using your phone number to um, that you used for two-factor authentication. Uh, they were using that to actually target you with. So reports say that uh, when a user gave Facebook their number for security purposes to set up two-factor authentication or to receive alerts about new logins to their account, that phone number uh, basically it can become fair game for advertisers within weeks. Um, and of course, uh, EFF states that this isn't the first time that Facebook has misused two-factor authentication phone numbers. But the... Uh, but the important thing here is, folks, is not to turn off or avoid using two-factor authentication. It's the services that you choose to use and connect with and to provide your information with that becomes the problem. And if you're not well aware, Facebook uh, absolutely has these uh, flaws. So does Google. So does anything connected to the network. And, and as I uh, tweeted the other night... You know, one of the main hacker rules is that if it's connected to a network, it's probably not secure. Uh, the three flaws in Facebook systems allowed hijacker or hackers to break into user accounts, including those of top executives, Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg. Uh, and I'm quoting the New York Times. According to two people familiar with the investigation but not allowed to discuss it publicly, once, uh, once in, the attackers could have gained access to apps like Spotify, Instagram, and hundreds of others that give users a way to log into their systems through Facebook. Uh, the software bugs were particularly awkward for a company that takes pride in its engineering. The first two were introduced by an online tool meant to improve the privacy of users, oddly enough. And the third was actually introduced in July of 2017, uh, basically a tool meant to uh, easily upload birthday videos. Uh, while Facebook has said that it has fixed the vulnerabilities and notified law enforcement officials, company officials do not know the identity or the origin of the attackers or hackers, nor have they fully assessed the scope of the attack or if, or if particular users were indeed targeted. The investigation, of course, is still ongoing. And we have a little bit more that we'd uh, like to let you listen to uh, on the uh, 50 million Facebook accounts compromised by hackers. And so uh, we'll give it a listen uh, right about now. Facebook says it's dealing with the largest security breach in the company's history. The cyber attack, which happened Tuesday, exposed the personal information of nearly 50 million users. It's just the latest hack on the social media giant. Let's get more on what this all means from Nicholas Thompson, editor-in-chief of Wired Magazine. Nick, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I was one of the people who got hacked, too. My email got, got hacked, and suddenly my account was sending out stuff. I think a lot of people experienced this. What exactly do we think they got? We don't know. Uh, hackers got access to people's complete Facebook profiles, meaning that they could do whatever they wanted to do inside of your account and they could see anything. The most damaging possible things are if they were to look in your Facebook messages right. and you have all kinds of personal information in there. If they look in your security preferences and get information about your two-factor authentication and your cell phone number. And then they also got access potentially to apps that you use Facebook login in. So for example, I use Facebook to log into Spotify. Yep. So they could have adjusted, well they're just, they could have adjusted my playlist. But I mean like, there are serious <laughs> things right. they that, could have done. Serious yeah. for some of us. <laughs> I mean, what do you do? I mean, how do you alleviate this? Is there anything you can do? There's nothing you can do. I mean, this is a very strange hack in that it didn't happen because of errors on the user's part. And in fact, even if you haven't used Facebook for a long time, it could have happened to you. It happened completely indirectly. Yeah. And so there's nothing you can do. And in fact, it's the first hack I've ever talked about where I don't say change your password right. because they couldn't see your password. Oh my God. So Nick, how do I know? Because these guys are like, we, they, they all of a sudden know that they got hacked. I, I went to my Facebook page that's always on my phone and yeah. it was there. Does that mean I didn't? 
I'm you, get, not you didn't dangerous. get locked out. I didn't I get got locked, locked out. out. I did. Is that how I? So know? the way you identify whether you were hacked is if you were locked out of your Facebook account okay. yesterday or today, first time you logged in, and then secondly, you should get a notification from Facebook in news feed saying important security update, explaining what happened. Even if you have an automatic login, you would have been. Would you? You would have been logged out, out right? They would have reset okay. the tokens. Now that doesn't mean for sure that you were hacked, right? right? Because they sent these to 90 million people, and they know that 50 million people. So you have a five and nine chance of having been hacked. But the most important thing, we don't know what the hackers did. There's right. no evidence yet that they went through the messages, that they downloaded all of your information. They could have done nothing or they could have done all kinds of terrible things. So there's still a lot at play so here. Per- so protectively, what if anything do you do? Right. You don't have to change your password. <laughs> you don't, I mean, yeah. you don't have to change your password this time you said. There is nothing you can do right now. The right. horse has left the barn. What you should do in general, yeah. <laughs> you should change your passwords. You should use two-factor authentication. You should have really important information about yourself, like bank information, emails about stuff you care about, in as few places as possible. And you should delete them regularly. Mm -hmm. Delete information that you don't want out there. If you send somebody your credit card number in an email, you should delete that email. Yeah, so Instagram, the fact that it says that I link my Instagram to my Facebook and I've been (laughs) kicked out, does that mean I was one of the hacked? It, it doesn't mean you're, it, it could have happened for other reasons. Okay. It means quite probably you're one of the 90 million people that Facebook has reset the tokens for, so there is a chance that you were hacked. It has not been a good summer and into fall for Facebook so far. This much we do know. Nick Thompson, thank you very much. Thank you. And so, yeah, that's uh, that's what uh, Facebook does. That's how Facebook uh, handles your data. Uh, you have been you have been probably at this point repeatedly told not to submit your personal information to websites, especially sites like Facebook, Twitter, and you know it's kind of tough this day and age with uh, the 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 eroding landscape of privacy. I like that. You guys like that? The eroding landscape of privacy. So. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, nevertheless, Kanye West has followed in the footsteps of fellow musicians, Prince, Diddy, and Snoop Dogg by changing his name. The rapper and designer, uh, said on Saturday that he would only be known, uh, now by the name of Yee. Y-E. Yee. Kanye. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. I didn't know that. That's kind of dope, though. I like that. Yee. Just kind of shorten his name. Anyhow, you know, while a lot of people... All right, I'm going to put my headphones back on or I'll get feedback. So, anyhow, yeah. So, uh, he's uh, shortened his name to two uh, letters, which I, I kind of think it's kind of cool. Uh, anyhow, uh, the name has a lot of symbolism and all that. Um, Kanye went on to say that he believes Yee is the most commonly used word in the Bible. Uh, and he says, in the Bible, it means you, so I'm you, I'm us. It went from being Kanye, which means the only one, to being just ye, just being a reflection of our good and our bad, our confused, everything. I'm just more a reflection of who we are. That's pretty cool stuff. Uh, the, the, you know, uh, pretty talented uh, guy, and uh, you know, while I'm not a regular, uh, I don't have him on regular rotation on my iPod, uh, he's a pretty good uh, artist, and uh, yeah. Uh, and if you are still using Gmail, you are, you should just go ahead and, uh, uh, all right, so hopefully you're not using Gmail. Uh, there are alternatives, and that's not Yahoo or Hotmail either. Uh, you could check out a service uh, based in Switzerland, uh, it's called ProtonMail. Uh, you can access it with a web browser, a mobile device. Uh, I think they even have an app, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it's it's fairly secure, you know. Like it, it, you know, like I remember the old hushmail days back in the in the day. And so, it's a you know, it's better than Gmail. Scanning your uh, inbox, I guess. And so uh, I want to. I kind of want to backtrack a little on what we were talking about earlier with uh, the um, IDS systems. 
not only do you have IDS systems uh, protecting networks, you also have you also have other technical things that are connected to your network that need a network to talk to it. You know, it's got to talk on the network, right? And say, for instance. Um, you know, uh, you, you're running a power plant or a water plant and you have dials and switches and stuff. And nowadays, pretty much all of these things, these systems, these industrial control systems are connected to a computer, which is most likely connected to the Internet, which is therefore vulnerable. And so an industrial control system is a general term that encompasses several types of control systems and associated instrumentation used for industrial processes and controls. Such systems can range from a few modular panel-mounted controllers to large interconnected and interactive distributed control systems with many thousands of field connections. All systems receive data received from a remote sensor measuring process values. They also are compared with set points and derive command functions which are used to control a process through the final control elements such as a control valve and so all of these things have an important play an important part of everyday life in society in modern civilized society and emerging societies and these systems of course are susceptible as well and also should be uh, protected and you can uh, you can set your sensors uh, on your IDS to actually uh, work in tandem with your uh, ICS industrial control systems. Uh, the medical field is one of the fields right now which really needs a lot of good security researchers in uh, in the field uh, uh, of ICS controllers and systems. And so consider that uh, an option if you're looking to uh, enhance or uh, expand your uh, ITSEC horizons. There's also cool devices uh, that you can use to secure um, your, those sort of systems. You know, you've, back in the day, you'd have barracudas for your networks, uh, and, and you kind of have the same thing. You know, basically a firewall for your ICS systems. And one of the um, one of the best ones that I've run across is a fort fort is made by a company called Fortinet, uh, and you can check them out at uh, f o r t i n e t. Oh wait, wait, f o r t i n e t dot com, and you can find uh, solutions uh, for industrial control systems. Uh, that you could actually take advantage of if 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 you are. Uh, tasked with uh, protecting some ICS systems. Uh, and as I said earlier, at the very, very beginning of the show, it's the end of September, and uh, we're, we are gradually morphing into October. And as usual, there are a ton of conferences. Um, and if you, if you go over to our events page, you'll see that, uh, there is, um, a few events listed for the, uh, month of October and we actually have to get back to, uh, start planning on how we, uh, planning are planning on updating the uh, site for next year. Uh, you have sector, uh, CFP in Toronto, October the 1st through the 3rd in Toronto. Uh, you have IEEE 40 third conference on local commuter networks that's going to be october 1st through the 4th here in chicago and also on october 30th you have swiss cyber storm and that's going to be in switzerland uh, for more information and events you can definitely head over to our website at uh, https hackers.xxx forward slash events dot html And, you know, uh, if you can also, before I leave that topic, uh, I was watching some of the keynotes from uh, the DEF CON, the recent DEF CON uh, hacking uh, extravaganza that happens each year in Las Vegas. And for more information on that, you can go to DEFCON.org. Uh, and DEFCON's basically, uh, it's it's a hacking event that takes place every year in Las Vegas. And, uh and as, as always, there's uh, associated conferences with DEF CON as well, such as Black Hat and 
think there's some kind of other hat or something. I don't know. But uh, one of the talks at DEF CON this year uh, specifically focused on uh, fake publishers and fake, fake, um, fake uh, scientific papers. Uh, people actually paying unscrupulous publishers to submit scientific papers and then have those published and then they could go on and get their thesis and doctorate and all that and it's really interesting uh, go check those go check that particular video uh, out or that talk out I can't remember who spoke about it but uh, it's at defcon's uh, YouTube on their YouTube uh, channel and it, it was really interesting it was super interesting and I would I wish I remembered more about it but i just you know it's sunday uh the 19 year old kid who hacked apple will not be going to prison thank god this the kid was so basically there was a kid who pled guilty to accessing apple systems multiple times over the period of two years but today or uh, basically friday an australian teenager uh, can, who cannot be na named for legal reasons, uh, escaped conviction and will not serve jail time uh, for hacking Apple. The boy accessed Apple's mainframe from his Melbourne home reportedly because he was a fan of the company and wanted to work there in the future. He was 16 years old when he first gained access. Now here you have a 16-year-old kid accessing a trillion-dollar company. So let that be let that let that be an eye opener to you that nothing you do can, nothing that you cannot think of or dream of or put your mind to can can you can accomplish it no matter what. Anyhow, uh, the, he was 16 years old when he first gained access. He downloaded uh, 90 gigabytes of data and stored them in a folder on the family computer called Hacky ha Hacky Hack Hack. And um, nevertheless, the, you know, he was being a kid, right? He was being curious and he was just, you know, whatever. Curious. He was a curious young hacker. Anyhow, he pled guilty uh, and was sentenced Thursday. Thursday, rather. Uh, and no conviction will be recorded, but an eight-month probation order will be put into place. The teenager has been since accepted into university to study criminology and, of course, cyber safety. And that's that's a really happy ending to a, a story that ended well for a young man that was curious. That's all he was. He was just curious. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you can Google it. Uh, and you know, the, the second story coming out of the EFF is, I don't think it's really a story, but an alert or an advisory. Uh, and it's, it's about, um, a little piece of software called privacy badger and, uh, privacy badger basically blocks spying ads and invisible trackers on, uh, your device. So check that out. Go to EFF.org forward slash privacy badger. If you want to learn more information about that, I think you could take advantage of that. Okay, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna get a little geeky tonight, and we're gonna talk about a list of Unix binaries that can be exploited by an attacker to bypass local security restrictions. How's that? Uh, but unfortunately, I don't have time to tell you all about it. But you can go to GitHub or go to um, gtfobins.github.io, and you can you can learn all you want about that. Uh, so I guess since we're going to stay here at uh, you know GitHub, you can also go to GitHub.com forward slash um, L A N S U S forward slash hide or H I D E P R O C hyphen L K M, and it's the Linux kernel module to uh, hide processes from system utilities. How about that? Still need more? How about uh, staying at GitHub and uh, check out uh, Zor's page, uh, github.com forward slash XORZ. And he, you know, this, yeah, there's just too much to list here. But one of my favorites is the uh, Tor Browser 7 No Script Bypass made in Python. You should check that out. 
Super, super, super dope. And uh, one last thing. Um, it's a Memcats. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't heard of Memcats, Memcats is basically a security researching tool, uh, slash hacking tool, slash pen testing tool, slash whatever. But if you go to github.com forward slash G G E N T I L K I W L forward slash memcats or just you know search memcats on gab and look for the 2.11 kitten credential guard and uh, this is a wonderful little tool as well uh, and it will allow you to actually bypass Windows 10 authenticated sessions for ex educational uses only so there you have it. You have a, a few geeky things to uh, try it out. Some uh, definitely some cool geeky software to uh, get off the ground and uh, put under your kung fu belt if that's what uh, avenue or discipline that you want to head down. On on my side of the aisle, though, uh, I was at toyinsider.com forward slash toys forward slash hackathon and was checking out the hackathon toy. And basically, it's a cooperative. Uh, cooperative game one player known as the operator is trapped in a virtual room trying to hack into a government hard drive the other players the experts must decipher information to give the correct hacking instructions to break through eight different modules what's cool about this is uh it's available now to buy online and uh, it's made for ages eight and up it's 29.99 and hopefully you can you can uh buy uh your favorite little tyke one of these uh games or uh for Christmas. That's what Gummo recommends for Christmas at this point, and hopefully you can take Gummo's advice. <laughs> uh, not to be outdone, you know, you can do amazing, amazing things with a ratcheting cable cutter. You can find those online at $33.95 at Walmart. Think about that for a minute, and we'll keep going. It could be considered a burglary tool. That's all I'm saying. Uh, also, before I wrap up the show, I wanted to uh, send my deepest, dear regrets to one of my favorite actors, Burt Reynolds. He passed away. Uh, and my favorite Hooper, here comes a password reset question. Uh, my favorite movie is called Hooper, and he was in it. And Burt Reynolds, wow. Uh, died September the 6th, a few days after our last show. Uh, he, he lived in Jupiter, Florida, and um, he was very well known on Jupiter Island down there. Uh, an amazing, an amazing, an amazing artist uh, and just a fun, funny, funny guy. To learn more about Burt Reynolds, uh, well, just search the web for Burt Reynolds, I guess. Uh, and watch the movie Hooper. It's funny as shit. All right. Uh, and that's about all I have uh, for this show the 75th show and i do want to close it out with one of the you know i always like the, the the james bond spy gadget gear stuff right and so one of those things is that uh if you go to tracksfamily.com you know it's marketed you know to keep track of your kids and all of that but it's really some uh really creepy uh tracking technology uh and, and again it's at uh, tracksfamily.com and the the most creepiest of the creepy creepies is the tr the tracks 3g uh, it's $149 and it's the most, and, and taking from their website, of course, uh, they say that uh, it's the most technologically advanced live GPS tracker in the world. Uh, it will give you real-time tracking, wireless charging, and offers an intuitive mobile app. The mobile app includes features such as uh, geofences, proximity alerts, augmented reality, speed alerts, and location labels. Uh, so basically, if uh, you have a, uh, if the your target is being tracked and your target goes outside of their neighborhood or certain you know a couple of miles from their home or something that or another city or state country uh this is the device that will actually keep an eye on that particular uh thing that you're tracking uh they go on to say that it's the smallest and lightest smart gps tracker in the world measuring 5.5 centimeters with a weight of only 26 grams uh it's called the the, the tracks 3g and um you know th they also claim that this model offers the best network coverage uh in all supported countries using both 3g and 2g cellular connectivity 
Uh, 2G, of course, would be the fallback, and it works almost everywhere in the world. Uh, and they also they also claim that uh, the 3G works in the U.S. under T-Mobile and AT&T networks. Uh, it's available for shipping as of uh, tomorrow, October the first, and pre-orders pre-order pre-orders rather are uh, being accepted now. Uh, you don't have to pay in advance, but they are taking pre-orders. Uh, you could go to tracksfamily.com. Check that out. It's really a creepy tracking device, but uh, if you got to do it, I guess that's the thing to do it with. They do offer other um, other tracks G products like a 4G model and a, a strict, uh, strictly uh, a 2G model. The 2G model is $119 and the 4G model is $139. Now remember that 4G model is only going to be uh, for North America. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, the 4G model, of course, incorporates the, uh, they say that incorporates the latest technological advancements in terms of connectivity and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it, uh, and that's kind of true, but, uh, 4G is kind of spotty, especially if, if your tracking device has to go somewhere, uh, you know, incognito. The 2G model, of course, is, uh, is a very efficient, uh, model as well, but, you know, that's, uh, that's a hundred what is it was the 2g the the 2g is 119 the 3g is 149 and the 4g is 139 so you might as well just pick up the uh 149 uh 3g model and that's the one that i was uh thinking that uh would be the best value and the more bang for your buck uh, and as you can tell, I'm really not uh, posting on Twitter uh, that much anymore. Maybe just a sarcastic comment here or there. Uh, but there's, you know, there's always something. There's always those politics wrapping around things, uh, and that's kind of why I've, you know, that's not the only reason why. Uh, but uh, you know, it's just everywhere, and so I just try to, uh, you know, you know how I do it. Uh, and so I think that's going to do it. Uh, we talked about a few technical things. We dropped a little bit of news for you. And uh, again, you know, uh, we are, we all are here. We're all smiling and happy that you were able to join us. And uh, we really appreciate you tuning in. You know what? I've been doing the whole show with my... Um computer unplugged i was wondering why my battery indicator kept going up and also the screen's brighter now uh that's basically that's what we have for the 75th show i wanted to say hello to uh all of, all of my friends all of our new followers all of my followers all of your followers, all of their followers, and uh, everyone in between. And um, I just wanted to say thank you for, for uh, over three years of support and patience and guidance as we still continue to learn and find our way through this uh, thing called a podcast. And if you have any comments or suggestions, well, you can reach out to me on Twitter. That's why I've left it up there. So you can uh, you know, ask me a question or, or, you know, if you have a suggestion for the show, I'd sure love to hear about it. And so would Crash. Uh, with that said, Crash, we're, uh, we're going to let Crash take the show out. And we will see you again in two weeks. Till then, take care of yourself and uh, take care and tell someone you love them and do something good with your skills. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye.
Thank you.